0: Welcome to The Haunted Ride. Hello everyone and welcome to The Haunted Ride. I'm your host, Melissa, and thank you for joining me today. So I hope you have your tea and your snacks. Mercury Retrograde is over, so I hope that this is like a beautiful, bountiful, positive place for you where technology doesn't break. Shit doesn't hit the fan, you know. Like, like just that things get more settled and more renewed. And I feel like that energy kind of transfers to everything. And comically is also about to transfer into the next subject that I have to talk to you guys about. We have a little bit of business to discuss before we get into these stories. This episode. So to begin with, the subject I have to talk to you guys about is a new change that will be occurring on the website of the podcast so the podcast website is thehunterdrive.com also you know if you have a story send it in there there's a send us your story link you can also send in topics to discuss uh little things like that but that that's you know that's the website the show notes are there there's a blog there there's a couple of little article things and stuff like that right so the website is like, you know, the common meeting place for this whole entire podcast, right? It's it's this beautiful great thing. It's a place for you guys to be able to kind of catch up with what's going on with the podcast, what's sometimes even a little bit, not too much, but what's going on with me. So, the website is now going to have a services section. And the services section has come about because, you know, on social media, I've gotten quite a lot of people who are reaching out to me with their own experiences. You know, they see that I have a podcast that talks about experiences and talks about my experiences. Um, I've started putting out a lot of, you know, meditate and positive vibes and self-care and self-love posts and, you know, a couple of little like divination things, stuff like that. So it's kind of like just my place where I broadcast all of these things that I really enjoy that this podcast is about and things that I want to bring into the podcast. And it's a, it's a great way for me to be a little bit more on a consistent level as far as communication goes with you guys. Right. But a lot of people have been messaging me uh, quite frequently about their experiences, which again is fine. That's, that's great. I try to just take it at that standpoint and go, Oh, okay, you know, this is great. But then they want my advice. Now, the problem with this is I'm not always in the proper zone to give my advice, right? Like, think about it when you get a surprise phone call. If you're in a stressful environment or a negative environment or you had a stressful moment or you're worried or you have your own stuff that you're kind of going through and then somebody pops up all of a sudden and gives you everything that's going on with them and then goes, can you give me your advice? You've now just, and, and you are you are actively communicating with this person now, you don't have a moment to deal with what's going on with you in order to come into a healthy, balanced place to give the person the advice that they're looking for. And what's going on is this is happening not only frequently as far as, you know, daily, it's also happening multiple times a day. I get anywhere between five to 13 messages a day asking for my spiritual guidance on a problem that this person is having or these people are having. And I want to help you guys. I really, really do. But it's burning me out. Like it's honestly, it's burning me out. Because I work a full-time job. Running this podcast is basically a full-time job. Now you guys are asking for advice on your experiences, which I do want to help you. I don't want to turn anybody away. But I'm not expecting that to be the question. In other words, I'm looking at posts that have comments and it begins an experience. Or I, or I get a random message and I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's, you know, it starts out with someone just saying, hey, I just listened to the podcast. And so to me, I'm attempting to ignore the, they're going to ask you a question feeling and I'm going to look at it as, oh, you know, this person just listened to the podcast. They have a comment or feedback or something like that. Like I'm trying to approach it from there. And instead it's, I just listened to the podcast. Thanks for sharing your experience. Here's my experience. Can you help me? And I might be able to, from a long distance point of view, I might be able to help you. But that doesn't necessarily mean I can help you right then and there. And it also doesn't necessarily mean that I can help you multiple times throughout the day. Because it's burning me out. It's making me not want to be on social media because it's becoming a habitual habit. And I need to, as this podcast grows and morphs and changes and becomes something better and and something more wholesome for everybody involved and all the, and anyone who likes the podcast and our community i need to start setting boundaries so the boundary is going to be that from here on out this is going to be a service if you have an experience going on with you and you think that i can help you and you want some spiritual problem solving and you want my attention for this for this particular Instances going on in your life. I'm going to add a service on the website that's going to be $2. And it just means I will help you from start to finish as much as I possibly can, whether it's me using my abilities, me just common knowledge that I happen to have on the topic that may help you, or me letting you know what exactly it is that you're looking for, like what you need. If you need to contact someone, then you'll use that. Like, so it'll be $2. You can email me instead of being on social media and talking to me back and forth that way. So that way also that means when I'm getting these emails, I know exactly what it is. Like, I know exactly what's going on. I know what I'm walking into. When my abilities pick up and they're like, okay, so you're going to help this person. And boom, here you go. I'm going to help you help this person. I'm in a good place to do this. Because typically what happens is I look at social media and I look at the emails and I read them either while I'm getting ready for work or while I'm at a break at work. I typically don't get them by the, like when I'm home. I normally get them, you know, during the normal hours of the day. So when my abilities kick in and they want to help you, what's really happening is not only are they kicking in for you, they're kicking in for me and they're kicking in for anybody else who's around me right now. So I'm getting overloaded. So that's going to be a service for $2. For $5, it'll be if you are having a whole bunch of things happening to you, you feel like you're embarking on a brand new spiritual journey, and you really just need some help and some guidance, or you have questions, or because, I mean, that's what this podcast is for, right? It's for people to feel like they're not alone. And I've had the same questions, and I've had to understand that. Actually, I I mean, this will be, you know, spoiler for what's coming up later on in the show when I talk about my good thing that happened to me this this week and that I've learned you know I've had to learn that if I just listen to like like I have the tools I have the tools in my arsenal and I don't need to do all this research and do all these other things I have the tools and I'll I'll get the answers I need by listening to my guides and listening to my abilities and what they tell me and those things I don't need to sit here and research all this crap right so if I can help you get to a place where you feel confident that if you need to research, you know what to look for. Or if you don't need to research, you understand why. I'm more than happy to do that. I just need to begin to do this in a way that is healthy, not only for you, but also for me. Because right now it's not. What else do we have? Oh, I, I'm still sick. So I'm not entirely sure it was me being sick. I think the week when I started feeling sick apparently is when the pollen... Picked up outside, which I have sinus issues, so I'm not all that surprised by it. And this is the first time I'm doing this during spring. I know our weather here has been really, really off. Like, we've got like about a 40 degree difference. Actually, today we have a 50 degree difference between our high and our low. So, we're all over the board. And it's really hard to kind of protect yourself when that's going on. We have pollen, we have a lot of breezes, we're gonna have some rain today, which is really nice because. That should, that always typically like helps weigh the pollen down so that I don't have to worry about it kicking up and coming back into my sinuses. But, um, yeah, so I think that's all it was because I never really felt like that, like, ew, I feel horrible, I have chills, or I have a fever, or I, um, I'm really exhausted from a cold. I never felt that. I just had like a lot of mucusy stuff going on. So I'm, I think it sounds better in the podcast episode right now than I did last week, hopefully. (laughs) That's my hope. Whether it's right or not, who knows? That's my hope. That's all I've got as far as, like, business stuff goes right now. Um, We are going to listen to a promo by, so I'm really bad at this. Sometimes I talk to people and then they tell me that they're going to write a review or they just write a review and then they let me know that they wrote one. But the thing is, I, because their name on iTunes doesn't match their name on Twitter or somewhere else, I just call them by whatever name it is they have there. I, I, my mind doesn't stop to go like, oh, you know, this person Call them by their name. I just call it from like, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, that's what happens when you read something. (laughs) So, um, uh, the Carol sisters, I mentioned them last week when i was talking about reviews that is actually a podcast called Dear murder street they're an audio drama they're really really great i believe they're working now on season two so we're gonna listen to them we'll listen to the sponsor brandless and then we will get into some awesome stories Are you in desperate need of advice, but maybe your problems are too strange, too scary, and too shameful for the average advice show? We are the Carol Sisters, hosts of the paranormal and true crime advice show, Dear Murder Street, and we are here to help. Do you suspect that your very shy and polite neighbor may, in fact, be a serial killer? Is there a ghost in your bedroom watching you change? Were you catfished by someone who turned out to be a very sad, very lonely extraterrestrial? Call and leave a message at 845 418 or write to us at dearmurderstreet at gmail.com Visit com for more information and find us wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, I hope that you guys enjoyed that promo and if you did you should give it a listen. So our first story is from someone named Iris. Iris, thank you for uh, submitting your story into the podcast. I really appreciate it. And the topic of Their email is non-human spirit energy experience. So it says, firstly, thanks for sharing your experiences. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. It's fascinating to hear where you've been and what you've learned in your perspective. I'm very happy to hear that, Iris. Thank you. Now, this experience isn't half as scary or intense as non-human energy might make it sound. It's just the most apt description for the experience, as I don't believe it to have been the lingering energy and personality of an actual human person. A couple years ago, I worked in a haunted vault. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> a haunted vault? Okay, that makes me think of this movie where they put some people in a vault who stole or something, and they, like, basically, you know, like, you run out of air, and they die. And that, now that's all I can think of, especially when the next phrase for this is, for a small gambling facility, that, that creeps me out so much, and I'm so interested. <laughs> I experienced the activity along with my co-workers. We named the activity George, just for the sake of having something to call our unseen nosy co-worker. <laughs> Working in this vault, and this vault position was a solo job in a small room behind two locked doors with only a handful of people remaining on the far side of the building during the graveyard hours when the activity was prevalent. Absolutely no one near the vault and a CCTV feed outside of the only door in verified that. I specify all of this because I myself am naturally given to skepticism. My very first inclination with everything is to seek out explanation, and in this case, my explanation is, demonstrably, not a human person. (laughs) I love Iris. Immediately, Iris, you're the best. I love you. (laughs) I love you. I talk about this all the time, guys. You have to go through the normal things before you can say something is paranormal. That doesn't mean self-doubt. That doesn't mean not validating your experience. That's not what that means. It means that a lot of the times it's very hard for us to accept something that's going on. And I mean, and we do this with anything. At any time, even, even, you know, in the most common human occurrence, if someone's taking advantage of you, right? Like, don't you go through this sort of like moment where you're like, is this really happening? There's a shock value there. so. For you to get over that, you have to come up with logic reasoning. And once you come through the logic reasoning, that helps you sit down and go, oh, this is happening. Or, oh, maybe this is what this goes into. And so it doesn't mean that you have to approach it from a negative standpoint where you're having self-doubt and you can't validate your experiences and it's just too much for you. You don't have to come through it with that. And paranormal doesn't mean ghost automatically. It just means outside of the normal realm of things. It doesn't mean that maybe, you know, 100 years from now, a scientist can't figure out what the hell a ghost is and figure out some way to clearly show evidence or anything like that. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean you're nuts. It doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that in the confines of what we can explain as quote-unquote normal, this experience does not fit. So I love the the intro to this saying that In my case, my explanation is demonstrably not a human person. I love it. On a semi-regular basis while working closing shifts in this little vault, the person closing, myself or my counterpart on my nights off, would hear loud, clear banging noises from the small adjoining locked room where slot machine money is stored for logging and counting. The clear and familiar sound of the metal money racks banging onto the metal counter or the doors of the locked metal soft count carts banging just like the background noise of the soft count team as they moved the boxes and carts around, but in a room I would verify as 100% empty. We have the small window in the door. It would happen off and on, sometimes a couple times per night, sometimes it would be quiet for a week. But eventually George would come back and bang around again for a while while we were trying to complete our logs and paperwork. Thanks, George, for the background noise. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, that's not in here, but, but, but in my head, that's the tone of this. (laughs) Thanks so much, George, and we appreciate your banging in the background. And we just rolled with him as though he was a noisy, a noisy co-worker. Apparently I was right. Like, hey, George, can you not make a ton of noise right now? I'm trying to balance my money. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure about the other closer, but I would often address him aloud when he needed to tone it down again. Even just a, hi, George, I hear you in there, to acknowledge the clanging and banging noise. I do think of George as a non-human energy, because there was never any sense of or indication or sense of personality, not even masculinity, really. George was just a convenience for naming, just distinct and inexplicable noise from a clearly empty room. My personal theory and thoughts on George are that he was the result of lingering keyed-up energy, people, personalities, life, and spirits are energy. The result of electrical impulses in our brains. Chemical energy flowing through our bodies. Our facility ran on 24-hour backup generators for the slot machines, never ever without full power. A stone's throw away from a creek and the kinetic energy of flowing water. The facility sat on what used to be a heavily traveled trail on the reservation, and gambling itself is inextricably tangled up in heated, frantic, keyed up emotions. I have so much to say about this winning loss frustration upset anger anticipation all heightened by large amounts of money changing hands every couple minutes i think that george was the result of an accumulation of of that energy keyed up and rattling around looking for an outlet to release through possibly focused and rattling around the vault and self-count room due to the intense emotional attachment of the actual physical funds locked up in those boxes not the most exciting or spooky of experiences I know. There's a bunch of O's in there, so I had to make it that way. <laughs> but it's my clearest and most, yep, that's not normal experience. I would also love to hear your experiences with and thoughts on energies slash spirits that aren't explicably the result of a deceased person, places, circumstances, etc. Thanks again for hosting your show and sharing little slices of your life with us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So to begin with, Iris, I I love the fact that you are either very much interested in the paranormal or really up to date on your like hoo-ha or something. Because I love the fact that you are clearly saying in this, this ghost is not a ghost. It's not It does not have a form. It does not have body. It is the mix-up of energies. And that is really, really... I, I don't think a lot of people think that way. I really don't. But I have to agree with you. Because you're right. Like, money is a very stressful thing. It's very rare that someone has money and they don't have stress. Because you always have stress over what do you have, how much do you have, and when is it going to be gone? And when, you think, when can you get more of it? That is the following of money. And when you're talking about a gambling location and facility, there is a lot of pent-up stuff there. There are a lot of places, actually, uh, all over the world who carry a lot of energy in, the, in that, that way. And sometimes it attracts spirits. Sometimes it attracts apparitions. Sometimes it just makes something. And I don't know if there's a particular word for what it creates, but I do agree with you. I do think that it is possible to just have pent-up energy in a place. I mean, and I, you know, I, I've never actually been to a casino. I, I've never been, don't want to go, not, not my cup of tea. And also, partially for that reason, I'm an empath. I pick up on shit. Can you imagine walking into a place where that's all there is, is the hope? And disappointment over money. That is so tangible. Like, I I no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be in it. I know. I can never even imagine doing that. So if I can imagine that as an empath for myself, because I know I know it would just be so tangible that even if I wouldn't just, you know, take on everybody's feelings and feel it, I could see it clearly and, and experience it in that way. Of course there could be an energy that would just while up over it, right? Especially when you're talking about, I think in this you said, uh, oh, the, the degenerators run constantly. There, There's your EMF, which we all know high levels of EMF can contribute to the attraction of energy and spirits and ghosts and apparitions and basically things that I'm going to take your phrase, Iris. Yep, that's not normal. <laughs> um, And then also you're talking about the kinetic energy of flowing water, which we all talk about um, water that somehow it creates this perfect little place for spirits to be attracted to. I don't know if perhaps it's exactly what you were talking about, kinetic energy or what, but spirits are really attracted to water. And, and I mean, even when you think about like the, en- the element of water, we think about divination and spiritual clarity and clarity as a whole. So I wonder if it's even just like from an elemental standpoint, that's what it is. But it draws things in, and it draws spirits, and it helps keep them there. So, yeah, you've got, you've got the perfect cocktail for a haunting, really. You've got energy that's already there. You have high-stakes energy. You have positive and negative energy. You have high EMF from generators, and I'm sure there's other machinery there. You have uh, water you have oh and you said that it used to be oh oh what used to be a heavily traveled trail on the reservation boom that's the perfect cocktail for a haunting it's perfect i mean i i can't really i don't think anybody there is haunted i i but i agree i think it's just the energy i think you said it perfectly to be honest with you but i i really i applaud you and i think you're fucking fantastic first off for this email and writing this email This is written so perfectly. I love all the comedy in it and the personal touches and the clarity um, and just how you're wording things as you're going through. I think that you hit it right on the head. I I do think it's just energy. Um, I don't think that if anyone was to go in there, they would find a ghost. Now, I will say that energy can attract stuff. So, you know, who knows? There might be a ghost one of these days. But I I this I don't think it's caused from a ghost. I think it's what you're talking about that that energy not having anywhere to go. And I think if someone was maybe to perform a cleansing, it might resolve some of that energy. But the fact of the matter is, is that as as long as this place is open, there's always going to be that energy coming right back in. So you can clear it out as much as you want, you can cleanse it out as much as you want, but it's always going to come back in because it's always an ever present thing. So it's just going to keep going. Now my one concern would be that if this energy has nowhere to go and there is people just keep coming in and coming in and coming in that it attracts something else you know because energy is all about balance right so if it starts going too much into a negative aspect or something you know it could attract something if it starts going in too much of a positive aspect it could attract something too that would be my only concern with the fact that clearly this is enough energy to cause this is like what else can it cause and what else can it now attract and manifest? But that is that is an amazing story. Thank you so much, Iris. I love it so much. So our next story is by Jennifer. Now you guys have heard me talk about Jennifer quite a bit, especially in the last couple episodes. She's just, she's been great. She has a podcast called Haunted Happenstance. It's really funny because I remember seeing her around on Twitter And I really wanted to check out her podcast and talk to her, but like, I'm typically more of an observer than a social person, which is why social media is really weird for me. But we started talking, and it's just always been this very natural flow. She keeps me company a lot throughout the day, and I love talking with her. And She's she's such a blessing and such a good soul and so sweet, and I support her 110%. So kind of like we, and I'm going to actually have her promo in next week's episode, but kind of like how we were talking about Dear Murder Street, which is an audio drama, Haunted Happenstance is too. You know, start off with episode one and you'll fall in love with it. She, I mean, she, she's a constant inspiration for me. Like, I swear to God, she will start talking about something and she just creates like, she's just a good vibes, good energy type of person. And um, it was really, really funny to me when we started talking about experiences. And she wrote this in because I was like, oh my God, now I know why. (laughs) I know why you're such a good vibes, good energy person because you really have it in you. So I'm super excited to share this story. At the end of this, because I've read this email, I'm going to share one of my experiences that coincides with this. And um, the reason why I'm gonna share the experiences is I got a lovely email from Alice. And in the email, which I'm slacking, I haven't responded to yet. I'm sorry. (laughs) It said she thought I should go ahead and share sort of my across-the-board spectrum experiences, the ones I always talk about that I'm like, I don't know if I should share. I really appreciate that. And I had sort of started thinking that I should do it anyway because it's what I talk about on this podcast all the time, you know? Just share share whatever it is you have. Like, nothing's going to be turned away nothing is going to seem impossible or that i'm not going to believe you that's what i'm that's like there's a lot of power and belief and so that's what i'm just trying to give everybody so yeah her her email came at the most perfect time and when she gave me the last part of it i was like woo, woo, yep it's gonna happen so i'm super excited Just starts off hey melissa hey jennifer As promised, the Florida ghost story, and I'm sorry, it's way too long. No, it's not. (laughs) You've listened to my podcast. I have. (laughs) I'm not exactly a concise speaker or writer. (laughs) Haha. Please don't ever be. (laughs) I love, I love everything you do. Please don't ever be. I love it. So it says, I visited Florida a few times in my life. The first time I visited as an adult and without any family was for one spring break in college. This was the late 90s. And so some folks will remember, but that was the early days of the internet, and way before smartphones. So we went to AAA and had them make us an old-fashioned trip triptych, then we were off for a road trip from Worcestershire, Massachusetts for a quick overnight in Tampa to visit friends, and then to the Florida Keys, our final destination. Apart from a blown tire, the trip down was anything but scary, and before we knew it, okay, more like 20 hours in the car later, we were in the Keys. Holy shit. 20 hours? Fuck. God. Ooh. You, ooh, you guys really wanted that spring break. <laughs> we spent a few days exploring Key Largo and the Middle Keys before finally making our way to the end of the line to Key West. I was traveling with my then boyfriend Adam and our te- our dear friend Hodos, Hodos, Hodos. We're gonna call him Hodos because it makes me think of Merlin. So that's what we're gonna go with, Hodos. If that's not his name, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Although they couldn't have been less interested, the boys agreed to do the one and only thing I wanted to do while there, and that was a nighttime ghost tour around town. I didn't know much about the alleged haunts of the Keys, remember pre-internet days, <laughs> but I had read a st- short story on one of the m- more famous stories, and that was of Robert the Doll. Don't worry, my story isn't about him. Even if it was, i ticket. take it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so at dusk, we met our tour guide, and the other dozen or so people who would be joining us on the tour. The tour guide quickly gives us the disclaimers involving how far we'll be walking, and to be careful of cars, scooters, and of course, any ghosts we meet along the way. She also asks if anyone in the group fancies themselves sensitive or any kind of medium, and no one offers up that they are. That includes me. At this time, I knew I had a special relationship with some spirits, but I never thought much about it or thought to give it a name, and so we were on our way. We visited several sites over the night, including homes, a cemetery, and a restaurant, and there were two things in common at every place we went. First, the guide did a wonderful job of keeping the content historical and well-told, all with lovely storytelling flair for every location and tale, and second, every time we'd stop in front of the place where she'd be telling the next story, all my attention was pulled to a specific place, and I was overcome with a certain emotion as soon as we would arrive. For example, my vision would be drawn to a particular window of, or part of the house, a certain spot in the cemetery, and I would feel anger or loss or impishness. At first, this struck me as part of the fun of a ghost tour. You get caught up in the vibe and let yourself be part of it. So after this happened at the first two three places we went, I decided to do a little experiment. When we got to the next stop, I let my impressions fall over me and then whispered to my boyfriend, she's going to talk about the attic in this house and the story is going to involve a small boy and girl. I said it light-hearted, and he laughed in return, Okay, babe, sure. And while I think you know how that ghost story went, I do. My boyfriend thought I was playing a joke on him, so the next place on the tour he told me to, not- to tell not just him, but her friend Hodos, and so I blushed. When I was right, they both were equal parts amazed and skeptical. Heck, I was too, if I'm being honest. So, Hodos, never being a shy person, yells ahead to the guide, explains what's happening, And after she can take us to a location not typically on the tour, maybe a lesser-known ghost story, just in case I had done some research or overheard tales I'd since forgotten, and she was more than happy to take a part, because in fact, she had a colleague that didn't live very far away who shared a story with her just recently and was absolutely not well known. In fact, she'd been the only person the friend had told at all. So before I continue in in the story, I would just like to say that if... Your friend Hodos had, it, it was me, and he had um, yelled ahead to the guide, Hey, by the way, my friend gets to ghost, Which I'm not saying he did, but it sort of sounds like he might have a little bit. <laughs> I would, I would have perhaps smacked him across the back of the head. <laughs> Jennifer says, at this point, there was a certain fun and adventurous buzz in the group. No one was taking anything very seriously, myself included. Again, we were on vacation in Key West, how can you not have fun? We arrive in front of a two-story home on a quiet street tucked just far off of Duval. Our guide let everyone take in the house, and before beginning her recount, asked me if I felt anything I wanted to share with the group. Now at the time, as I said, this was lighthearted and warm, there was nothing showy or insensitive about it. Although all these years later, I sometimes wish it had been handled a different way, live and learn, I suppose. I looked up at the house and didn't feel anything at all. I looked at the neighboring houses and felt nothing either. I sort of felt like the gig was up, except I felt like there was something weird about these bushes in the side yard. Haunted bushes? That was too crazy for even me. (laughs) Hey, you know what Jennifer, bushes have feelings too. And who knows, maybe there's an energetic spirit in the bush who just wanted to say hello to you. I mean, look, if I was a ghost I would say hello to you, you're like the sweetest person in the world. So she goes on to say, I sighed and chokingly apologized that I didn't actually know what had happened here unless there was a tale of some haunted landscaping and laughed uncomfortably. She cocked her head and asked me to continue. Still chuckling, I said, I don't know, I feel nothing about the house, but I get a weird cold vibe from the bushes over there. And pointed to the side yard. Like something is there that shouldn't be. And trying to lighten the mood, added, do you have exceptionally angry groundhogs hogs in Florida? <laughs> I really try not to laugh what I'm reading, but that line kills me. Do you have an exceptionally angry groundhogs in Florida? You know what, Jennifer? There are some angry squirrels, and they will throw nuts at you if you fuck with them. So who knows? Maybe we do have some angry groundhogs, especially down there in Key West. It's hot. I would be upset if I was a groundhog in Key West, so you never know. This elicited an easy laugh from the tour, my friends included, but not from the guide herself. She turned to the group and asked if they'd indulge her in, in just a moment. She pulled out her super chic Motorola flip phone, oh man, I'm, I miss those, and dialed. After a few quick words, she asked the person on the line if she could place them on speakerphone. Jessica, I have a special group out on a tour tonight, and one young lady with us has had some sensitive experiences along the way. I brought them to your house to see if she could pick anything up, knowing she couldn't possibly know anything about it beforehand. Jessica replied in a warm voice Not unless someone has bugged us. A few more light laughs from the group, and the tour guide continued, Well, Jessica, the young lady doesn't like the bushes on the side of the house. Jessica doesn't hesitate. Are you shitting me? Now I'm a little weirded out. The guide asks me to tell Jessica what I feel, and I repeat what I've already said. An uncomfortable silence sits in the air, and then finally our guide interrupts, "Jessie, okay? We don't have to talk about it. I can hang up if you want. Her friend's voice returns over the speaker. No, it's okay. I'm just surprised. So I have a lab. And every night when I take her for a walk, she goes out of her way to avoid the side yard, and as you can see, it's really the only green space we have her to use. So it's always been strange to me. So a few nights ago, wanting to get back inside, I sort of forced her to go over there so we could finish up and be done. Well, she was terrified. Like, I've never seen her before. I walked over near the bush to prove there was nothing wrong, it was just our yard, and I heard a distinct, deep, angry voice tell me to leave. It didn't come from the bush, and as you can see, the bush isn't big enough to hide anyone. Not even a small animal. And I have no idea where the sound came from, and I didn't want to find out. We both booked it inside the house. The group all shared some whispers, and a few people actually gasped. I felt instantly sad, overwhelmed with grief. My boyfriend nudged me because I just stood there, silent. The tour guide asked if I was okay. I nodded and mumbled something about being sad. She asked me if I could repeat it, so I said more clearly, I just feel sad. Something wrong happened, I think. She turned the phone back towards her and said, "Just did you hear what she said? And her friend confirmed that she had. I turned to my boyfriend and said a bit quietly, I think someone was killed here. And he put his arm around my shoulder. I'm just going to pause here for a second. When you have a spirit who is clearly a ghost, meaning they have clear emotions and something bad really happened to them and you find out that they, they were killed in some horrible way, it really hurts. Like it hurts you even, it's like, it's almost like watching the news, but experiencing the tragedy yourself, even though you didn't, even though it's not you, but to think that you're a ghost stuck here, and it's all because you had this traumatic, horrible death, and you can't figure out how to let go or move on, or you know, you know, you were on your way home, and you never made it home, that's horrible, and so sad, and so just devastating, so while I've been- laughing and stuff at this email and it's amazing because i love jennifer that really hits home for me and for anybody who has ever felt this or had this happen to you i'm so incredibly sorry because that that's a that's a real thing and it's really difficult and really hard to deal with the tour guide asked did you say you think someone was killed here and we heard a telltale click on the speakerphone the guide checked that obviously jess must have had to go and then began thanking everyone for the night explaining how to get back to where we had started the tour and offered to walk along with anyone who needed further instruction. The three of us fell back a bit, and Hodos wanted to spend a bit more time in the city before returning to our hotel on another key, but Adam and I were ready to call it a night. Walking back to where our car had been parked, we were just a few steps behind, the remainder of the group and the guide, and at one point she came back and thanked me for sharing in my experiences, and that she hoped I wasn't upset or overwhelmed. I didn't know what I felt, and back then it was easier to just pretend it was nothing. So they told her just that. It was nothing. She went on to tell us that after her roommate told her the story, they did some research on the property, and in fact, a man had been robbed and murdered in her yard 50 years before. His identity hadn't been known, and no one claimed the body, so he's buried in an unmarked grave in town, in the cemetery we had visited earlier that night, and that was that. So, for the ending of the story. As we drove home in the dark, it was August, Hodos drove, Adam in the front seat, and I sat in the middle of the back seat. The highways on the Keys are often unlit in one lane, and you drive pretty slow because of the key deer. As we made our way back, it was so hot and muggy that the humidity just hung in the air. Sounds very much like Florida. Almost fogging the view in the headlights. Hunters began asking questions about the night and how I knew that stuff, was I making it up, had I read a book around town, etc. He wasn't trying to be dismissive or insulting, but the relentless line of questioning quickly exhausted me. Honestly, Jennifer would have frustrated me a bit. And Adam could tell I was getting frustrated. Oh, see? Yep. <laughs> he suggested we put the conversation on hold for the night, and that we just get home. Hoda stroked, sure. I get it. I get it. I don't want to incite the wrath of Jen's powers. Even though I knew deep down he meant no disrespect, this comment incensed me. With all the power of starkness I had, I bit back, good. I have no idea the limit of my powers. And Lightning struck in front of the car. Heat lightning from a storm that hadn't even started yet. Hodos literally screeched the car to a stop and no one said anything. We waited for a second and when a rumble of thunder followed, he slowly brought the car to a roll forward again and no one spoke the rest of the way home. Now, I've had a very similar experience to the last thing that she said. A couple episodes ago, I think uh, when I was talking with, uh, during the interview with Courtney and Andrea, I said that when I started learning of my spirit guides, I had, I was practicing Wicca and i was practicing it as a way to open myself up in a controlled way to perhaps be able to access these spirit guides and things like that i've also mentioned my spirit guides earlier um on the episode spirit guide kanya so when i found my spirit guide she told me i didn't need a wicca which surprised the hell out of me because that's how i got a hold of her was by using wicca and she didn't really go back into details. she just said I have my own abilities. I don't need this. Let it go. So I did. She's my spirit guide. She knows better. And I trust her. So I remember this one day, um, things were really, really bad, really bad. And I was in school and, um, something, I think I just went from this emotional place to a spiritual place without realizing it. And I, I do this when I get angry. I do this when I feel strong emotions. It's like, I suddenly cross over to this other place and um, I used to refer to it as a button being pressed and then I just become someone else. And if you're around me and you have any sort of like psychic ability or um, empathic ability, sensitive ability, you know, anything like that, we're just using different labels, you'll see it. It's a noticeable dis- difference on my face and it's noticeable in my energy where I'm not just accessing me anymore and this particular time i believe this was the first time i'd done it i remember just feeling all the anger and saying i release this into the atmosphere and it it wasn't at that point it wasn't just anger it was like a primordial thing where i was going to give my energy to the sky and I, i had hoped it would rain so when i did this Not even a couple seconds later, lightning struck in front of the window. So I was not outside. I was inside our classroom. We had windows outside and lightning struck right in front of the window, scared the shit out of everybody in there, right? But I was in the back and I was like, okay, it's listening. Like the spirits of the air are listening. And I just knew I'd done something. And in that moment, even though it was originally from anger, like it's it's like anger took me to that place. That for me to access, right? But it didn't mean that I released anger. It meant that I had essentially the same thing we've been talking about in each of these stories. Pent up energy. And I changed that into spiritual energy and released it into the atmosphere. Now, meteorologists in Florida are typically quite off. I'll just be honest. Um, A lot of times they say it's going to rain. It doesn't rain. Sometimes they say it's not going to rain. It rains but this was different. That day, we had a surprise huge storm. 50 mile an hour winds, rain, hail. We didn't have a tornado though. Lots of lightning. Nothing had uh, hit anybody's car, anything like that. And when I heard this, I felt pride. I felt like I had contributed some energy to this. That's how I felt. I I knew in my heart that It would have maybe probably rained on its own, but something that I gave the Spirits of the Air made it stronger and made it, it was more supposed to be like a cleansing, like a cleansing over the land and a cleansing for me too and a cleansing for anybody who needed it. It wasn't evil or misintentioned or anything like that. When I got home and it had still been raining so much, my mom had the news on and they were concerned there was going to be damage. And that was the one thing where I was like, no, this is supposed to be cleansing. And don't get me wrong, there is a rebirth and destruction. When I hear this word that they're concerned there's going to be damage to people's houses and homes and cars, even though I hadn't been any, I immediately was like, oh no, like that's not what I wanted, right? So I go back to the window and I said, you've done enough now. I need you to stop. You're not to destroy anything. And, hmm, probably in the next five minutes, the rain died down until a complete and utter, like, fine, fine mist for a couple hours. There was no rolling thunder. There was maybe a couple flashes of lightning, but nothing too much. And, um, I remember the next day, the news, the news, the news said it themselves. They were like, man, that was a freak storm. You didn't see it coming, right? And I was just like, yeah, you know, of course you didn't. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I made the storm. I don't think I made the storm. I think that when I was younger, I didn't really understand what I'd done. But I think what I did, and I think what Jennifer did, is I think that we have access to our intentions perhaps a little bit more stronger than others. And so when we intend something and we put an emotional power behind it, stuff so, because emotions carry so much power and influence and i mean i th- think about it like your emotions can can literally destroy your body right like that's powerful that's not just your brain it can destroy your body and and emotions can break down your spirit right they can they can bring you to a real dark place if you let them or bring you to the most positive light filling place you've ever been to in your life So I think somehow when two or more of those things come together, our intention and our ability and force goes into it. And if you break every single person down as a part of this universe, right, when you have an intention and it's epically strong, it's almost like perhaps we have an easier way to link our intentions with the universe. If you follow numerology, there's something called being a child of fate, the number eight. I'm a child of fate. So just like there's people who are Master 11s, Master threes, Master 22s, Master whatever. I found out the other day that apparently I am a Master 33 as well. So those people are typically thought of to have higher abilities, higher psychic abilities and higher psychic self. And able to communicate with the universe a little bit differently and much stronger. They think the same thing about star seeds and purple people and purple adults and purple whatever, um, using purple as a royal, highly intuitive color in your aura, right? So we're, we're getting into sort of very deep divination psychic things here when we're talking about this. But I think that perhaps we just have a, a maybe of a closer direct line with the universe. And so when we ask for something, we don't just ask for it with our words, we ask for it with our entire self. And that dedication to whatever it is makes the universe go, oh, all right, sure. And then they do it. And then when we ask for it to say enough, and we have the knowledge to say enough, and we're not going to abuse this enough, the universe goes, okay, and does it. I think it's this communication. And and if you thought, you know, it could be said the same way too. Perhaps we just are more in line with what the universe wants us to be. So perhaps the universe just comes down and says, gives us that thought. Like I said in the beginning of when I was telling the story, it felt like it was not just me. It felt primordial. So perhaps when I tap into that place, I'm hearing the message from the universe. And the universe at the time was like, eh, we need a storm for whatever reason. But when it said that and I turned around in tow and said, okay, here's my energy, do with it as you need to, it did what it needed to. And then I said, and now I take my energy back and it agreed. I think it's almost like a signed agreement with the universe that for somehow, some reason we can tap into a little bit differently. So that's that experience. She really helped me put into, put what I was saying into words, which is where I just feel like maybe, maybe this is just an agreement with the universe, right? And we just are able to read the rules and bylaws and regulations a little bit better. But I mean, if you think about it, this happens all the time and it doesn't mean that you're psychic. Like, if you ever watched those lottery shows, I remember on there, there was one particular woman who she said, I'm going to win the lottery one day. She said it. She still worked her ass off when she went to work every single work, every single morning. But every single night before she went to bed, she slept with, I'm going to win X amount of money from the lottery underneath her pillow. That was her intent. And she poured her energy into that day after day after day. And she won the lottery. Not once but twice. That's intention. There's magic in intentions. So Jennifer, getting, getting back to this awesome email. Jennifer, thank you so much for sending in your email. Thank you for talking to me about your experience and sharing it. Thank you for talking to me in general, because you're amazing. I appreciate and enjoy you so much. So the last email, I was trying to figure out if I really wanted to put it in here. I didn't want to make this episode too long, but because we were talking about sort of the guidance thing, and this is, this is how this email came in, and I thought it would be a good idea to do it in this episode because this is asking me right. Like this is asking me for my opinion and my help on your experience in the correct way where you're not burning me out and you're giving me time to help you and time to focus on you. So this is someone who I've spoken with. His name's Dave. And I'm just going to, this is, um, it's actually like a six part email between the two of us. So I'm just kind of going to try and not maybe read everything (laughs) that I told him, because we're just going to do this in an email form. But just so that you guys, first off, know if you're in this experience, things that you can do. And also, so you guys can sort of celebrate with me in the fact that someone wrote into this podcast and did exactly what I've been hoping to do with this podcast, which is help people Dave's email is, I found your I found this podcast called Ghost in the Night, which is Phil's name's podcast, and for some reason was drawn to only one episode. And the second I heard your name, it felt somehow familiar. I left the Ghost in the Night podcast and went directly to yours to find contact info. Some, something tells me you can help. I've reached out to a few different people for answers help and either got no response or a less than helpful response, and that was if they didn't think I was making stuff up, which was really hurt me, because when I first- got his email, I knew he wasn't. If there is any insight you have that might help me understand this, I would be forever grateful, since I have no one else that understands or can grasp what is happening, and I feel extremely frustrated and alone in this. That being said, here is a very brief version. A few years back, I started having grand mal seizures, which ended in an aneurysm, which ended in a a month-long coma, and when they tried to bring me out of the coma, well, that ended in death twice. So he's been through a lot. So this is where my life started to change. I didn't notice it too much at first, but after my physical recovery was underway, maybe a year or so into it, once I was walking again and started starting to function somewhat normal again, I started to see and hear things, and started to have horrible nightmares that continue to this day. I've seen people that aren't there, and on one occasion it was clear they saw me as well. My girlfriend and I moved into a house that I knew had two people living there. And what's really interesting is every time he says people, he puts quotation marks around it, and I know what he means when he does that. And I didn't say anything because I knew they meant no harm. Weird things would happen once in a while, but I didn't say much because I didn't want to scare her. One day her son was on leave from the Navy and stayed with us overnight, and the next day was freaked out a bit because of all the footsteps and other activity. I had to explain that they meant no harm and everything was fine. I have so many examples I wish could be explained. I hate calling them ghosts or spirits because I don't believe in any of this well, didn't, still don't, I mean, I don't know what to believe. I'm very black or white, on and off type of guy. I went to Catholic school and never a day in my life truly believed in God, but always felt I believed in something, just not a single God sitting on a golden throne picking only the good people. I mean, who does that? So that's why this is all so confusing to me. I can explain away everything I've heard, seen, felt, whatever, and almost make myself believe it, but at some point I ended up at the crossroads of I must be crazy and it was just a coincidence. And of late, there have been two things I just can't shake. One was a dream I had, just a simple dream about my morning routine. In my dream, I got up, got coffee. It tasted funny, so I dumped it out in the sink. And when I did a big centipede scurried out of the sink, I woke from my dream and thought, wow, that was fucked up. Went back to sleep and dreamt the same dream two more times. That's another weird thing I do. I dream the same dreams multiple times, all the time. So I woke up in the morning, for real, went about my morning routine, except it followed my dream right down to the centipede coming out of the sink. What well, the fuck, right? I get the funny-tasting coffee. I dreamt it. I dreamt it. Therefore, my brain made it. So in my head, but the book. So that has been puzzling me. And this last thing I will drop on you because it's been driving driving me nuts to hear it. I've been hearing someone whispering in my ear for the last two to three weeks, and I can't make out any of the words. It's like a murmur. I feel like I'm so close to making out something. I ask whatever it is to not do this in my house because I don't want to spook my girlfriend or my kids. And it and it hasn't. I still get this overwhelming feeling to walk to the mailbox outside, just step outside, and bam, it starts. It snowed last night, and I got home from work at 7.30 this morning. I was standing out by my girlfriend's car while she was cleaning it off, and I was hearing it again. All of a sudden, my neighbor came out with her two dogs, and the one went nuts barking at me. And right as that happened, I swear I felt someone grab my shoulders as if to try to hide behind me. It isn't the first time I've been touched by something, but it is the first time by this person which I find odd because the whispering sounds like someone leaning over my shoulders it's a whisper from behind. Do you think that if it were that close all the time, I would have physically felt it before? So that's a bit of what has been going on since my life took a turn for the better or worse. I'm not sure that's why I'm reaching out. I feel like I have been given something, and being the on-off personality I am, I, f- I feel like, okay, I have this, now I have to put it to good use to help people. I'm so frustrated because I don't know how to or if I should or what to do, or anything. I hope the hell my rambling makes some sort of sense. I'm not a wacko or a wannabe storyteller. I'm just your typical guy trying to get by, raise my three kids, but I've had a lot of hardship in my life, even without the aneurysm, and often wonder if it might be another reason they come to me. I hope to hear from you if I haven't bored you to death or scared you away. Kidding. Either way, thank you for your time and your podcast. I find it extremely interesting and helpful. So to begin with, um, in my email back to him, I thanked him for being able to find me and uh, let him know he's not alone when someone has a near-death experience or they do die and they come back that they are suddenly able to communicate with spirits and feel things and hear things all of a sudden they're like whoa what the hell's going on it's actually pretty normal and i try to not give him labels like i talk about this a lot how I didn't give my label myself labels before. And every time I give myself labels in this podcast, it's just really to have more of a common ground with you guys. I don't walk around calling myself a psychic or a medium or an empath or a sensitive or any of those things. I walk around going, I have abilities. That's, that's it. I don't give myself labels because I understand that I'm outside of those labels as well. But I do it so that and, and I did it in this email for research purposes. Because sometimes if you say, I'm an empath, and you go and you research empath things, you may find something that may help you. Versus if you just go, I feel people's feelings sometimes. You know what I mean? You're still going to come up with the same label of empath. But now you just have to do extra work to come up with it. So I gave him a, a label. I, I think he's now sensitive. And I explained to him what that kind of means. I used to explain to him when he's calling these things people, that that's something that I do too. And that typically would mean that there are human spirits that were once alive and now they've passed, but they're still hanging around. I think uh, I'm going to say this one line in this email that I wrote back to him that I think was really smart. And I said, I'm giving you the word sensitive as a point of reference. And I said, um... I completely understand how difficult it can be to believe in any of this, or what's happening around you, and that's perfectly okay. You don't have to believe in something for it to be what you're experiencing. Instead, look at it as just that, an experience, and the word sensor as a point of reference on how to gain further knowledge and how to deal with all of this. Sure, like an extra tool in your tool bag, or an extra weapon in your arsenal. Nothing's wrong with being a little more prepared, right? So, again, like I said, you know, just an extra thing for you to be able to research. My abilities had kicked in when he was talking, and I wasn't concerned about the people who were in his house, but I was concerned about this person, which I identified as being a girl. Um, And it's really funny because later on in his email back to me, he tells me he's really careful to not put genders on the spirits, and he never told me she was a girl, even though he knows energetically she feels like a girl. And I also had a feeling that I was concerned about her. Not that she was evil, but I was concerned about, um, I originally understood part of his email incorrectly. I thought he had basically told her to leave him alone, and she wasn't. So I was, I knew that she was an attachment to him, and I was concerned about the fact that she wouldn't leave him alone. And and there was some sort of, um, like, warning thing attached to her. And, and I could feel that. So I told him that perhaps he could try automatic writing. The reason why I told him this is because I didn't feel like anything was negative or evil that was around him. And I didn't think he would have access to any of that if he did it from home. I felt that if he did, if he tried automatic writing, perhaps this whispering that's going on will be louder to him. And since I believe in his Feelings and what he's picking up as far as intentions goes with spirits. I felt that if there was something evil, he would know immediately. If there wasn't something evil, he would know. So I didn't, there was no question about evilness or possession or being in a trance that you can't get out of or any of those things that can happen. Sometimes if you're unprepared in a new setting with automatic writing. My thought for automatic writing was really mostly for him to put himself in a meditative state. And so that he could perhaps get some more clarity for the whispering and get some more clarity from the spirit who clearly seems to be quite attached to him and be around him quite often. And she's listening to him. So he clarified some stuff at first and he was also very grateful, which I really was really sweet. He was completely sweet. Um, and he also agreed that he does think that she has a warning for him. And so that's part of why he's so concerned because he wants to know what's the warning. And he, he actually did tell me that he did get some negative spirits before this house. So so he does, you know, he's had experiences with both sides and spectrums of the field. And that's what I always try to tell you guys is make sure that if you're going to be in this and you're going to try to open yourself up to the, spirit, the supernatural, you understand that you're going to get both positive and negative things. That's, that's just what happens to everybody. You're lucky if you don't encounter both. But you might you you have a higher probability, and the longer you're in it, you have a higher probability of getting both. I did also let him know that he could try pendulums, mostly because pendulums are typically cleared crystals, and I, I actually even told him he could get it from Amazon because specifically because then it would be a cleared crystal. At that point, it's just a crystal. All you do when you use a pendulum is put energy into it, kind of like tarot cards. But more, it's more simple of a yes or no or maybe. Uh, even like the coconut thing I was talking about the other day. Except that I think that takes more asking from a spirit guide to assist you in your answers than a pendulum typically does. A pendulum is more you are contacting the spirit guide or a spirit around you and, and they're able to, with your assistance, move the pendulum to give you yes or no answers. That was the only thing, I, that was the only tool that I felt comfortable with um, talking to him about because, again, and this is what I mean by the whole, I need to be in a place where I can be focused. Because there's tons of tools out there, but a lot of them come with warning labels. I'm never going to say to someone that you should use a Ouija board, ever. Not because I just think Ouija boards are inherently bad. I don't. I don't at all. However, they have the potential to be bad, and their potential to be bad is much easier, than other tools, it's easier for a Ouija board to be bad than a, than a brand new, out of the box pendulum. Now, if you get a pendulum from a metaphysical store or a pendulum from an antique store, you get what you paid for. But if you get a brand new, unused, never never opened, completely man- freshly manufactured pendulum, and you put it in the moonlight for a couple minutes, I don't think that there's any problem with that. But I did tell him I still thought automatic writing would be better and and easier, and it would help him tune his abilities. Because of the, med- the meditative state. But then he told me something. And I love this. He had a couple clear words come to him. And it was because he, he described it as standing next to a major highway. As far as the noise goes. And someone was across the highway screaming at him. Then all of a sudden the traffic stopped. And the words were clear. And it was very startling. And so he could get a couple words, but he couldn't get everything. And there is a meditative practice that says to think of your thoughts as cars on a highway and you're standing at the edge. You cannot, in reality, keep the car in your focus the whole time because it's moving so fast. Eventually, it'll be out of your focus. And so when you're meditating, the thought process is your thoughts are like those cars and to let them pass. Do not f- try to focus on them because you would strain yourself. So when you're focusing on a thought, you're straining your brain. Let it pass. Let it go. And and just continue to let them go. And that's the meditative practice. So he essentially did this, and he was able to get a couple of the words that uh, a couple of the words and letters that he needed. And he also told me, I think, um, in this email, he said, "I have to say, since talking to you and listening to your podcast, my feelings of frustration, anger about having this gift." Are changing to fascination and intrigue i'll take that over frustration and anger any day since i have way too much frustration and anger in my life as as it is that made me really happy to hear so then and i'm not going to read this whole email that he wrote back to me but he did get his answer uh he said it was scary and quite enlightening but i guess i should have seen it coming (laughs) uh he let me know that he started a job that was not really healthy for him but he needed the money And it it was, it was, it was breaking his back. You know, we, we've all done that. You know, we're, we're all sometimes have to take on situations that we think might be better to help, but it's really killing us. So he came down with a heavy feeling in the room that he was in and he knew a seizure was coming. So he started doing the things that he was supposed to do. And he said before he would see a seizure, a tall, a tall, dark figure with no facial features, other than it being blurred out, would come and, and. It, was, it would block the doorway. And I'm going to be honest with you, that kind of concerns me a little bit. Like, I don't, I don't like that. But he knew it was... He, so, he, you know, he saw the thing. He was like, all right, I'm used to this now. And he got in his position to deal with the seizure. And he said this time, though, there were two black figures. But then the female who has been attached with him appeared. And she told him, I'm sorry I came in, but I've been trying to tell you you need to stop. So when I first read this email, and I read, you know, the beginning where he's talking about these black figures and stuff like that, I'm like, oh shit. But then she comes in and she's kind of like, all right, goodbye now. <laughs> um, so while I still am still I still have concern about the fact that he sees these figures before he has a seizure. Um, and I do know scientifically it can happen too. I think it's interesting that she says, I'm sorry I came in, which almost makes it seem like they're not all that bad. Like, could they be guarding him? I don't know. I don't really know. But I mean, if you think about it, it is possible. It is possible for a spirit to guard you when you're not conscious. So when that happened, he figured out what was going on and what she was talking about and he did it. And he said the other day he heard her whisper in his ear, this is better. And he said he actually thinks that it may have been someone that he's related to. Which, I mean, we can have spirit guides that are we're related to. We can have past life spirit guides. We can have other spirit guides. We can have spirit animals. He said he did take my advice and order a pendulum. And he thinks he's going to try meditation because he thinks it'll help us ha- his life a lot in general. But, I mean, he has his answer now. So he's he has his answer. He knows how to get the answers that he needs and kind of... Tools that he needs in his life, and he knows you know the little steps that he needs to take, and he says, "Um, I do have to admit, I continue to look for the non-crazy reality to all of this because I know no one would believe it." Um, he says that someone does believe him and says that while it weirds her out, she knows he has something special, and seems to think it's obvious. But he still thinks he might be a crazy person sometimes. Which I mean, I think that's normal, and let's be honest, we're all a little bit crazy, right? So he said, this has actually been a pretty fucking awesome experience. And the reason why he, he, he he's actually the one who brought up sharing a story. And I confirmed with him again, because I was like, you know, are you sure it's okay to say the story on, on the show? Because there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of personal stuff in here. And I just wanted to make sure he was okay with that. And his response was, I would love for you to share the story. Maybe it will help someone else who's feeling like I am. And he said to me, thank you for all your help with us. You really did make me feel like it was normal and that helped so much. Um, And I told him to keep me posted on any news and stuff like that. And he said he would and that he'll talk to me soon. I hope, you know, his hope was that his story would help someone. And I hope maybe that it will. And I also hope that maybe that'll help you guys understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about these guiding things and things that are going on you know this email i knew from the bat that i needed to take it and help this person and that it was a real experience for him and that he needed some guidance and i knew that i could offer that to him so i helped him i think according to my mailbox uh, eight messages between the, the two of us over maybe three weeks i think that's normal i think i'm okay with that I hope that kind of helps explain where I'm coming from, too, a little bit, while also helping with um, explaining guidance and maybe helping someone who may be going through the same or situ- a similar situation who happens on this podcast. Now that we're done with these stories, we have a couple more business things to get into. And the first thing is we have a new Patreon member. Uh, Brian Cummings, thank you so much for donating on Patreon. I really appreciate it. I still have to give you my written thank you, but thank you so much. I really, really appreciate the fact that you're here. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this with me, for following along in this journey with me, for helping me get here. Um, just thank you so, so much. And also, we have a couple new reviews. This one actually technically should have been on last week's episode, but I didn't know it was there because iTunes only shows you reviews from your native country. But this is from Jules Down Under, which I really love. They said they're an avid listener. That's the title of the review. And it says, discover this amazing podcast through another on Haunted Happen Stands, Jennifer! See? Do you guys see what I'm talking about? Do you see how awesome Jennifer is? But it says, uh, this one I love as I've had a few experiences. You're addictive. Thank you. Well, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Okay, so there's two other reviews. The first one is from Latinx Supernatural Podcast, which I don't believe that they have their episode out yet, but I'm going to be really excited to listen to them when they do. They said, loving these, keep them coming. Your dedication is gold. <laughs> Thank you. I try really hard. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, what am I doing with myself? And that I'm a little too dedicated, but that's fine. <laughs> this one is from Bladed45, which I have a sneaking suspicion might be our Patreon member that just joined, Ryan. Um, he said, first off, we're named neighbors with our last names, so extra bonus. But overall, just an amazing podcast. Thank you so much. I just finished listening on Anchor, then after finding your Twitter, I transferred here to iTunes, where I haven't left. <laughs> I also look forward to new episodes and topics, and love how you discuss each subject. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, I really appreciate it. I think that's all the business we have, you know. Uh, subscribe, send your story, write a review or a rating is great too. We have Patreon, we're going to be changing some stuff up with that too, pretty soon. Just adding a, a couple extra perks and I think I'm gonna I'm still on a true crime sabbatical just for my own personal health um I just have a little bit too much stress going on in my life right now and the true crime stuff is I'm not um enjoying it as much as I typically would I still love true crime but I seem to not be able to deal with the sort of negative aspects of it right now so I'm still on a break from it I know in about two weeks I should be doing the next True Crime episode, but I'm actually thinking I'm doing something else. It should be actually a lot of fun. I'm getting everything together for it, and um, once I make sure that it's going to work, I'll be perfect. I'll talk about it a little bit more on the podcast, see if you guys like it, and just let you guys know what's going on. But um, yeah, I think that's everything we have business-wise. The thing that I learned, I sort of talked a little bit about earlier, but just, um, I mean, I've learned a lot of things this, this week has been a week of learning. Um, I've been learning to like, listen to the signs, listen to myself. I've been learning that, um, you know, I would worry so much that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. (laughs) I really would, because this is, you know, this, this is a serious thing. It's serious for me and what I do and how my abilities work. And it's kind of like, okay, well, nobody has all the answers. No, even if you say you're a specialist in something, doesn't mean that you know everything. You're still learning. We're all supposed to still be learning, right? Like there's no way to have all the answers. And it would just worry me that, well, what if there's something I should know that I don't? And I think that's like a typical worry that everybody would have. And I think I just sat down and I thought about it. And I was just like, you know what? Like, fuck it, because, yeah, I'm going to be worried. Yes, I'm going to not know everything, but when I need to know something, I will. And so far, that has been right on every single step of the way. And I mean, I know, like, as far as, like, a typical practice goes, it's probably not going to really work. Like, in your job, you're not going to know everything that you need to know right when you need to know it. You can research it all you want to, but you may not be able to have all the resources you need to learn it, right? But when you're sitting here, you're talking about something spiritual or something that you can control a little bit more that's for yourself privately, you're going to have it. Like, it's sort of a little bit about having faith in yourself and having faith in sort of the universe and just timing, right? One of the things that I was taught I need to learn how to do years ago, and I've become a pretty good master at it now. Don't get me wrong, I still have my moments, but, um, it was that I worried too much and I needed to learn how to know that the universe would take care of me. It didn't mean that I didn't still need to fight for whatever it was I wanted or that um I didn't need to still watch like what it was I was going after or any of that stuff. That's not what it meant. It meant that everything's gonna happen in a time and place and when it's supposed to. So I can I can fight all I want to, and that's good. That that speaks about me and my character and my intention and my purpose and my energy. But that, that like, woe is me. Why isn't this happening when I want it to? It takes that away. When you just sit there and you go, you know what? I'm just going to believe that this is going to work out when it's supposed to work out. I've done everything I need to do. I've opened myself up completely to experience whatever's meant to happen will fucking happen. And if it's meant to be, it'll be. Just let it be. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's everything I have for you guys, uh, next week. Um, I was, again, if it's meant to be, right, uh, I was having a really hard time picking a new intro song for the podcast, because I wanted it to be instrumental, a little spooky, but soothing, and I knew that was what I wanted, but I was having a really hard time picking that without picking, nothing really seemed to be right. I got one that was so close, but it had an orchestra, and, and I'm not really, like, an like, I like opera, and I like orchestras, and I appreciate them. I was in choir um, for most of my life, and I still sing to this day. But not for the podcast. Like, this is not an orchestra podcast. And so I just, uh, I think I may have found what I was looking for. And it just, it just popped up out of nowhere this morning. Uh, I was I was on a page, on the same page of the person who I liked the other song a lot, and I was like, oh, you know, well, if I like their other song, maybe I might like some of these. And I found some really good things. Now, the problem is I found a couple really good ones that I like, and I'll have to figure out which one I'm going to use. But yeah, my hope is to have that out next episode. I think it'll be a good way, too, to be like happy 25, halfway to 50. But yeah, that's all I've got for you guys. So just uh, take care, stay safe, be well, love yourselves, and love others. And most of all, as we always say, don't let it go sketch Bye.